Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Fight fans, we welcome you into a special edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Canobio. Obviously not in studio. We're in a secret location here on Long Island. We're going to bring you the very best news and notes and the best guests possible in the world of boxing joining us today on the program. He is the 135-pound IBF world champion. You know him. Teofimo Lopez joins us for his first on-camera interview since he put his name on the dotted lines to fight Vasil Lomachenko in the most anticipated match of 2020, Tiafimo talks about, you know, why the negotiations took so long. He talks about why he feels like a lot of his fans or a lot of fans are, are hopping off of his side and going over to Lomachenko's side. Some of the negotiations got very ugly. And also what's going to happen inside the ring, how he thinks he's going to win and what happens when he picks up all four belts, what his future will be in the world of boxing. A really good interview with Tiafimo Lopez, his first on-camera interview uh, since that he made that deal uh, for the what is the biggest fight? I mean, that fight is going to be outstanding. You got everyone in the boxing world talking about it. You got Dame Lillard in the NBA talking about it. That fight has a lot of buzz, and I'm really happy they got to the finish line. A lot of nasty things were uh, written and, and talked about. If you're watching us over on YouTube, appreciate it. Uh, check, check us out on CompuBox TV. It's where we put a lot of our fight previews and this show as well. If you're watching over on the Fubo Sports Network, thank you very much. You can check us out every single Thursday night, seven o'clock Eastern. And uh, Fubo Sports Network is doing a lot of great things, putting on a lot of sports right now. This show is going to be on there every single Thursday night. And you can also listen to us over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways to get our show. We're coming to you every single week because the boxing world in this final quarter of 2020 is in full bore mode. And we have a lot of news and notes to get to. And also a lot of fights coming up this weekend because we desperately need fights to happen. Because every time you log on to Twitter, you're reading one more ridiculous story after the next. We'll start off with the WBC super middleweight uh, title that was lost on the scales last week, David Benavides. We talked at length. I, I did uh, put out a bunch of tweets, and, and the boxing world was talking at length about what happened to David Benavides. He dropped the weight or dropped the title on the scales. Therefore, this opened up a, a vacant vacancy for the WBC 168-pound belt. So what does the WBC do? They get their board of governors together. Apparently there's 37 of them and they vote 36 to one that Canelo Alvarez is going to fight for the vacant WBC super middleweight title. I know you're shocked. I am shocked that they went with Canelo. No, that's sarcasm. Who was this one person that didn't vote for Canelo Alvarez? Please show your face because you are a hero and you deserve a medal. I digress. That is going to be a fight where you, you don't – it's not it doesn't necessarily mean that Ken Alvarez is going to fight for that belt. I mean, DAZN still has to accept it. They're having major issues with DAZN, Canelo. Uh, they want to cut his purse in half to $17 million. Uh, That has nothing to do with COVID, they say, because they're very upset that the third fight with um, Triple G never got off. So things are spinning in the 168-pound division. A lot of news that you're not shocked about. Uh, next news and notes – is the Charlo brothers. They are in overdrive. Their pay-per-view is coming up at the end of September. So what you hear wacky things when pay-per-views are made in, in order to sell pay-per-views. We got a little bit of a, a rumor mill. I don't know if it's exactly confirmed, 
But there was talk about the Charlo brothers potentially fighting each other next year. I mean, this is what it's gotten to. Uh, I'm not surprised because these guys, they talk a lot of smack. They have their own YouTube channels now. They got to create content. I give them kudos for creating a YouTube channel and creating their own brand and creating their own content. But now it's getting into fighting each other. I don't necessarily think it has to get to there, but you know that's the type of stuff that gets the mainstream talking. Uh, another thing, too, is Bud Crawford is in the news. When is he ever not in the news? And it's about who can he potentially fight. Keith Thurman has threw his name into the, into the uh, ring and said that he would fight uh, Bud Crawford, but apparently he's asking for a ridiculous amount of money. Shocker, says Bob Aram. And also, just to show you how ridiculous the news got this week, Gary Russell fights once a year, who fights at 126 pounds, says that he put out an offer to fight Bud Crawford. That is when I had to log off. Between that, the Charlotte Brothers fighting each other, and that, that has become too much. But before we get to the TFEMO interview, let's take a look back at last weekend's fisticuffs in the fastest two minutes of boxing. Start the clock. We start Friday afternoon across the pond. Eddie Hearn hosting one of the longest house parties known to man, and Rachel Ball crashes the party, handing Shannon Courtenay her first career Saturday loss. Saturday afternoon, let's stay in the UK, historic York Hall, the venue, where Mick Conlon found himself one low blow away from a DQ loss to a fellow by the name of Sophane Taguch. Mick wins, knocks him out, and keeps those title hopes alive. On to the next Irishman, Carlo Jacko Frampton's opponent did his best visual interpretation of no mas. Frampton Herring is still one step closer. Back to the States, it's the Showtime Fight Sphere. Up first, it's Otto time. No, not him. The big Swede, Otto Valin, wins the COVID Cup, turning Travis Kaufman into Swiss cheese. That is one good-looking heavyweight. It's a fight weekend without some controversy. Here it is. Rolly Romero gets outthrown, outlanded, and outschooled by a hungry Jackson Marinez, but somehow gets the decision. Cue the Twitter outrage. Oscar De La Hoya checks in. Hashtag PVC. Speaking of the PVC, here's Javante Davis' thoughts. How about Jamel Charlo? And finally, Badu Jack. Almost simultaneously on the streets of Tulsa, Oklahoma. No, really. Tulsa, Oklahoma. The latest Uzbek hype train, Israel Madrimov, is in tough with Louisiana's Eric Walker. If you don't know his story, go ahead and look it up. The guy is tough. Fast forward to the ninth round when Madrimov connects. Sends Walker flying through the humid Oklahoma air and out. So we thought. Referee Gary Ritter rules it some type of slip shoulder shove hybrid. Walker is visibly shaken as you take a look at it right there. Did he shove him or did he knock him out? No replay in Oklahoma for some very odd reason. Walker is visibly shaken, admits to being dizzy, but is somehow forced to continue to fight. How is this still happening in the year 2020? I digress. Back to showtime, and I think as we speak, David Benavides is still pounding the dome of Alexis Angulo. 290 total connects later, it's Benavides who gets his hand raised and puts a nightmarish weekend behind him. Hopefully we still get that plant fight. We end back in Tulsa, the proverbial passing of the torch. Over is the 13-year run for Cecilia Breakout. Starting anew is Jessica McCaskill, the new undisputed welterweight champion of the world. Look at this beautiful scene that unfolded after the fight. Can we get more of this? All in all, it was a wacky weekend full of missed weights, box calls, and bad decisions. In other words, boxing is back. Joining us here on Inside Boxing Live, you know him. He is the lightweight IBF world champion, Mr. Tiafimo Lopez, the man of the hour, lighting up the Twitter sphere, lighting up all of boxing. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. Feeling like a champ, ready, excited, and in full camp mode. I feel like there's uh, some news going on in your life. I feel like that we should sit down and hash it all out. As in, for what? <laughs> big fight. You got a big fight, my friend. Yeah, I know, man. It's great. I'm excited, man, and I'm I'm really tuned in on this one, uh, like I am for every fight. And uh, this one is definitely 
the one that's going to put the cherry on the top. This is big. Vasil Lomachenko, Teofimo Lopez, and is going down on regular ESPN. I feel like more fans are more pumped about that than the actual fight taking place. That just shows you all the business, the managers out there and all the business side of things. They're more pumped at the fights on ESPN than the actual fight being made. But I digress. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, things got a little messy there about the negotiations. A lot of uh, stuff was put out into the press. I feel like that's you putting that. You always have a chip on your shoulder, but do you feel like how everything played out in the press negotiations? We'll get into a little more. Do you feel like that is extra motivation for you in this fight that you always wanted? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this definitely motivates me more, but it definitely puts more things on me that that I realize. You know, it's crazy that you know um, they put out things on my birthday. You know, about me declining the the offer. You know, just because I declined the offer doesn't mean that I declined the fight. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, we'll we'll come back to them with a number, and then they'll counter back on it. You know, we're just going back and forth, back and forth until we meet a a medium. You know what I mean? And and that's what it comes down to. You know, a lot of people were just bashing me, especially on my birthday, calling me a duck and a and a chicken. You know, so I had to I had to turn I had to drop my phone. You know, I had to put it down to the side and just try to enjoy the day of my birth and uh, spend time with my loved ones. And I was able to do that, you know, and, um, you know, just stay focused on everything. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of, um, I see how they move things and how they want to, how, how they want to participate on, on how they want to get at us. So I was like, okay, I see you. And, and just know that I remember all this always. Yeah, it's a chess match. Negotiations are get ugly. So the eight hundred thousand. I mean, that's it's just that was in the news. Who put that out there? Because obviously, you you just said flat out that that's not true. I would never accept something like that. Lomachenko giving me part of his purse. Who put out that that figure? Was it Loma's side? Uh, it had to be a Lomachenko's dick riding fan. That's really what it was. Somebody trying to put 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 him up there as like a, an angel and has so much confidence built up to a fight that he'll he's rather to lose and give up part of his his uh his cut of the fight to make the fight happen and I, and that was just bullshit. ESPN stepped in and they came in and they want this fight to happen. They know the magnitude of it despite without the fans and everything. So, you know, um obviously I knew that and I wouldn't accept something like that. You know, and so it makes sense, you know, they they talk about you know, it makes sense for other ones. Oh, let's just lie and say, hey, 800, because it adds up. If you put 1.2 and you put 800 on top of that, that equals to 2 million that Teofimo was asking for. So, you know what I mean? So it's it's very quick for people to judge so quickly. And, you know, they promoted it very well. So many other boxing news and everything like that, they were just grabbing it and, and just using that as leverage to make it seem like Loma's the one that wants to push him, uh, to press on this fight. You know, and, and that's not how I went. You know, so it's frustrating on that end, but you could just tell that people are really hopeful and they're just trying to build a guy's confidence, I would say, and try to make it seem like I don't want to fight when that's not the case. A lot of people were picking you. A lot of people were like, oh, TPM's got what it takes to, to stop Lomachenko dead in his tracks. Then the, when the negotiation stuff started to trickle out, it was weird because I saw so many other fans move over to Loma's side of things. If that is a big enough reason, what do you say to, to fans that maybe have jumped off of you know your side and over to Lomachenko's side just because of negotiation? Uh, it's part of the fans, man. That's just how it is. They love you at one point and then they hate you. you know, or, or they with you when you're winning, they're not with you when you're losing. So, um, you know, that's why, you know, you don't really get to have loyal, loyal fans like that nowadays. You get bandwagons and you get, that's just the point of society now. 
You know, but I, hey, I love the ones that do support me and the ones that say that they ride to me till the wheels fall off, you know, but the other ones that are just one foot in, one foot out, um, you're still watching me, you're still supporting me, no matter what. I appreciate that, too. Hey, it's nothing but love. Yeah, they, yeah, they say fans is short of fanatics, so that, that says it all right there. Now, uh, you've said some things now the past couple of days. You've said things where, you know, listen, I've gotten to know you and we've we've had beers together and there's one tf female i know of, of you then there's this other tf female that i see when i hear some of the when i read some of the quotes that you're saying where is this extra motivation coming from because it seems like you have a genuine hatred for this guy yeah i don't man I just it just comes to it man i i think that um you know um there's a point where you got to be a champion in the ring and then a people's champion you know what i mean and i think that's what he likes on i think he needs just a wake-up call that's all, man. That's all it is. You know, um, I don't got no, uh, I don't have no hate towards a man, and I w- I wish him nothing but but greatness and success. You know what I mean? And he's already shown that. You know, but when it comes to it, man, facing me, I'm a type of fighter that that no matter what you're trying to do, no matter what goal you're trying to pursue and try to achieve, I'm gonna destroy that. You know, um, you I got you goals have no hate for him. Mm-hmm. Nah, I, I don't. Say, got man, no hate also, for yesterday, him. I just read. They said you want to crush his skull. So which side is it, man? Huh? There's one thing I want to crush the man's skull because I haven't fought in like it's about to be ten months without fighting. So yeah, my hands are fucking dying to punch somebody's skull in, you know, and that's just gonna be his head and his and and really yeah, I think he just needs an ass whooping. That's what it comes down to. In order to stop all that 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 bickering that he has, where he's like I'm a god and stuff like that, you need an ass whooping. Everybody needs an ass whooping in their life. He hasn't got one in a long time. Absolutely. He hasn't got one in a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while since he was in the ring. Actually, there's been talk about if it's him. You know, 32 years old, had a really long amateur pedigree, a lot of fights, a lot of mileage on Lomachenko. A lot of people are saying that that could benefit him, the fact that he's been out for, you know, close to a year. You also haven't fought in 10 months either, but that's probably not the best thing because you're on the younger side. He also mentioned that, you know, you're doing a lot of the talking, you're doing a lot of promoting. That's great. And I think that you're happy to do that. But he did say one thing, though. He said that now that the fight's over and he can do all the talking, I think it's going to be a sparring match. Your thoughts? That's what he said? Yeah, he said that. (laughs) Oh, shit, man. That guy makes me laugh, man. First he talks. I don't. I think they need to help him with the the whole side of how to talk. You know, they need to help him on on that end. I think he lacks that. He doesn't know how to talk to the media that well. And I think that that just comes from not 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 um, enhancing on that end. You know, when you say stuff like that, um, it could be if you look at it that way. You know what I mean? But there's a different side of it, man. There's there's two different people from my side at least. When I spar and when I actually have a real fight, you know, for him, if he thinks that he's gonna go in there and is sparring like that, then 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 he has a a whole he he has a whole different game plan then, because that's not how we coming into this. Regardless of everything and regardless of how it is without the fans or anything, that's still a fight and that fight counts. So I don't look at it as a sparring match. I know you want the fans to be there. That's a, a fight that needs fans. That's a fight that would be electric. It would sell out most arenas uh, in the U.S. and probably across the world. But there's not going to be fans. That's the reality of the situation. Uh, it's probably been a long time since you fought in front of small crowds. This is a fight of big magnitude. I'm sure you never thought that it would be in an empty arena. 
what are your thoughts on getting up for a fight like of this magnitude with no fans? You're a guy that likes that extra that extra boost from the fans. Have you thought about uh, what it's going to be like, and have you prepared, or how do you prepare for a fight with no fans? It is what it is. You know what I mean? It is what it is. That's what it just comes down to. You got to adjust and adapt to things. I mean, for him, I'm pretty sure it's going to be different. You know, it's going to hit him different despite everything. The person that he is, uh, you know, a three-time uh, uh, different division champion and, and stuff like that. So I think that for him, with all the fans, he's so used to it and accustomed to it. I think it'll affect him a lot more, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I my thing, I always – I the fans always drive me to keep going and they they hype me up always but but i but this time around i just gotta hype myself up and that's just what comes to it yeah i'm gonna try to find my way into that bubble i will get in there i will drive to las vegas if i have to from new york you got room for me in your camp oh yeah every time anytime man you're more than welcome to come out here I got to talk to McWater and set that up. But you do have a fan, though, That's and a big, high-profile fan. You tweeted out when the fight was made a gif of Dame Lillard, uh, point guard for the uh, Trailblazers. He is now in, in a tough battle with LeBron James, and the Lakers picked up a win in game number one. What is now your message to Dame? Dame says he's supporting you. What's your message to Dame Lillard? That man's a beast, man, and and it's damn time. It's damn time. So that's why I look at it, man, and I'm, I'm very uh, happy for him and his success. And, yeah, man, put some respect on the man's name. He deserves it. You know, he's shown and he's put out there that he is one of the greatest and one of the best in the NBA, in the league. And um, and that's what I like about him, man. Uh, he's a they, – they overlook him. You know, he's an underdog, but he, he goes out and he shows out every time. So um, I, see, I see myself in him. So I love that. That's cool. That's really cool. Has it hit guys like Dame Lillard checking in? Uh, you know, it's been a nice steady rise for you in your career. Has it really hit you yet that you're going to be fighting for all four belts, unification fight, ESPN? This is like everything you dreamed of since you laced them up as a young kid. Like, when did it all hit you that you're finally getting this fight that you wanted for so long? Um, nah, it hasn't hit me, man. It don't hit me. I think afterwards, after I get all the four belts and everything, that's when it hit me. I'd be like, oh, shit. I'd be <laughs> like, well, damn, this looks nice. <laughs> Uh, man, I'm just I'm excited, man. Honestly, and um, we're ready for everything. Ready for everything. Anything that this man throws at us, we're ready. We're ready for. It. And I'm I'm determined. Like I said, man, I'm I'm a different breed. You ain't never faced somebody like me, you know. And I can say the same thing. I ain't never faced someone like Lomachenko. Correct, right? Mm -hmm. Different style, different way he moves. But the man, he's on his way out, and he knows it, and I know it. So it just comes back to who's more hungrier. And um, we're going to see that night, October 17th. 17th on regular ESPN. Let's actually talk about what's going to happen in the ring. Because I feel like a lot of fans, a lot of media, they're talking about the negotiations, how your dad is getting under the skin of, of Lomachenko's camp and vice versa. You take a look at some of the punch stats that we do here at CompuBox. You take a look at Lomachenko, especially when he was in the lightweight division for his last four fights. He's getting a hit. He's getting hit a lot more than he was getting hit with at 126. And 130 pounds. That leads me to my next question for you, Tia Fimo, is you are a not known as a volume puncher. You're more of a guy that stands on the outside. You're able to land 50% of your power shots. From a stylistic standpoint, are you going to go ahead in there and punch with Lomachenko, or are you going to be a little more aggressive? Uh, all of the above, man. I'm just going to adapt to him and adjust to to what he, he comes at. You know, I feel like he's the type of fighter. He'll try to come and do what he has to do. 
like he always does with every fighter. But I think he knows and he understands that that you know he was hoping for Richard Coleman to fight uh, to win the fight. You know, and uh, you could tell. Um, you think so? But, you know, I shot. I know so, man. He goes to the locker room and does all those things, man. It's just it's a sense of of they don't expect a young cat like myself to have only three years in the game and do stuff like this to people that have been in the game for five plus years in the or or ten plus years in the pros. You know what I mean? So for me to shut out folks that have a lot of experience and maybe more experience than than me, you know, they want to say and all that. It it just comes back to I'm a smart ass fighter and I and I go out there and I do what I do. And I think people actually end up lacking on that. Oh. Now, do you think all the smack talk, I know you're doing it for a reason. Do you really think that you can intimidate or get into the mind of a guy like Lomachenko? We already have, man. You know what I mean? And and I think of it like it's not even trying to, to get in his head or anything like that. It's just who I am. If I don't like you, you know what I mean? And that's just what it comes to. If I don't like you, then I just don't like you. And it goes to everyone out there, everyone that sides with him, you know. And when we win, then then I want to see what happens after that, you know. Um, I'm very humble outside of it. But when it comes to this, this is what I do. This is this is my thing. This is my job. Nobody can tell me what I can do. No one can stop me from that. I'm going to talk my shit and I'm going to back it up, you know. And, and I'm very proud of who I am, you know, um, Call me arrogant, call all, whatever you want, you know, but I know God's looking out for me. And and I know that everything that's here right now is for a reason. There it is. That's a hype. There it is. I'm hyped. I'm ready to go. October 17th. Get Can't come here soon enough. We're going to speak before that, too. But Tiafimo Lopez, thank you for the time. I know that the entire boxing world will be tuned in and they'll be ready for a huge fight. October 17th on ESPN. Unification bout. Tiafimo Lopez and Vasil Lomachenko. Wow. Woo, it's the takeover. Special thanks to Teofimo Lopez joining us once again here on Inside Boxing. I'm going to have him on a bunch of times before he fights Vasil Lomachenko in late October. A lot of news and notes we just talked about, but there are some really good fights upcoming this week. Finally, we get away from the crazy headlines and into some fights. One of the fights I think is going to stand out the most is Alito Alvarez versus Joe Smith over on ESPN+. Plus. Now, Joe Smith's fights can go one of two ways. He can either knock you out cold or he can swing wildly for 12 rounds. Take a look at his punch stats. He only lands 20% of his punches but has a 71% KO rate. That pretty much says it all about uh, Joe Smith. Going up and down the list, another fight that I think is going to be great over on the zone is a heavyweight clash. This culminates Eddie Hearns, the longest house party in the history of, of house parties over in Eddie Hearns' backyard. It's Dillian White versus Alexander Povetkin. Povetkin with his goons coming into the U.K. to fight Povetkin, uh, to fight uh, Dillian White, who has been the WBC number one contender for about 600 days now. I expect Dillian White to win, but you never know Povetkin. He has one-punch power. That should be interesting, too. Uh, also, Sean Porter is in action. No one deserves a layup more than Sean Porter. He has one of the best welterweight resumes outside of Manny Pacquiao. We have uh, Katie Taylor versus Delphine Pursun. That is a rematch. Women's boxing is on the rise. And how can I forget? Clay Collard, the god. Clay Collard, the bubble god, is back. Oh, and how can I forget as well? Sergio Martinez. Sergio Martinez is fighting this weekend. So this should be a lot of action come Monday. I'm going to have another weekend recap. The fastest two-minute in boxing is going to be absolute fire. No more crazy headlines. Give us more fights. Let's talk about boxing, which we do every single week. For everyone here at Inside Boxing Live, Dan Canobio signing off.